really when I was in like the depth of the first couple days, first couple weeks, it's so hard. And I think you really do like look for those outlets of like people to connect to who have been through that experience. Welcome to another episode of the Strength in the Soul podcast. I'm Katie, your host. And I'm starting this series, the grief series, to help you navigate through one of life's greatest challenges, something that we're all not exempt from. And I hope that this episode series serves you well. We're going to get into all different topics around grief, how to navigate grief from my perspective as a holistic healer, a licensed therapist, a Reiki master medium. We're going to talk about things from the human perspective, the spiritual perspective, We're going to have guest speakers on who have navigated their own personal grief journey. Some of them, even my clients, giving their testimony on how our work together has helped them and served them. We're going to talk about what to say, what not to say to someone who is grieving, how to advocate for yourself on this grief journey, sibling loss, partner loss, um, all different types of loss, and This is a warning to anybody that if any topics feel really intense for you, hit the pause button and reach out for support. So I want to begin this episode by thanking you guys for the love and support on the opening episode of this grief series, which was my story and my my grief journey. And I just want to thank you guys. The fact that you took the time to listen to it, give me feedback, show me love and support. It just means everything to me. And this is the whole reason why I wanted to do this grief series was that we are all not exempt from grief and it brings us together as a community. And so we know that we're not alone in this journey. And I just want to thank you guys so much. And something that I've really reflected on in the last few years is knowing how many of my people, my close friends and family, and even my clients, the people that I'm surrounding myself with on the daily, how many people in my life have suffered a really great painful loss. My friends have lost siblings. My friends have lost parents. My friends have lost pregnancies. My friends have just lost so many different people in their lives. I've lost a lot of people who were young in my life. Like four of my friends have passed away. My partner, people, like I said, have lost their siblings. And this is what this episode is all about is sibling loss. And today we speak with my best friend, Samantha Tiger. And when she experienced her loss, which was her brother, she expressed her passion around this very topic, the forgotten grievers, people who have lost their siblings and feel the most alone because the attention is around so many other people in the family unit. And it was really important for me to want to hold space for her and all of you who can really relate and identify with sibling loss. She really wanted to be that point of perspective and that point person to share her story. And it's been a year and a half and she felt ready. And I'm just so grateful and lucky and a privilege. It is such a privilege to be the one to have held space for her on this platform, interview her on my podcast. And it's really special to me having her as my best friend for so many years. We've been best friends since high school. We've lived together. We've 
literally been there for each other through so much of our adult adult life and our evolution as individuals and adults and you know it's just now having gone through loss both of us together we can really be there for each other and i hope that you guys listen to this episode and get something out of it whoever you have lost in your life but specifically if you have lost a sibling this is for you well samantha <laughs> welcome to the strength in the soul podcast thank you I'm excited. I'm excited too. I think this, I'm I'm really, really excited and I'm really proud of you because you. I know like right away when you were in your healing process and grieving process, one thing that you had mentioned to me was I really want to put my story out there, my experience out there, mm-hmm. especially as somebody who has lost a sibling. Yes. And I think that is so courageous and brave of you to not only like be vulnerable, but also commit to like wanting to serve others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's, it's been a really rough road for you, obviously, rightfully so. And you finally have hit this point where you feel ready. Yeah. I think that, what did I come to you? Like almost a year ago, probably Mm -hmm. saying like, this is something I want to do, but I'm not ready for it yet. Mm -hmm. So I think I've definitely come to a point now that it is something that I want to like put out there because, Mm -hmm. and for me personally, I really connect to, you know, podcasts Mm -hmm. or like videos. Like I need like a, I need to see a person. I need to hear a person's point of view. Mm -hmm. Books don't really work for me when it comes to this at Mm -hmm. least. So when I was looking for that, I just didn't see like too much of it. And I really Mm -hmm. saw so much for other types of loss but not so much for sibling loss Mm -hmm. specifically. And that was really why I wanted to do something like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that is so important that you're trying to fill the gaps in the support out there. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, it's definitely a topic that I can understand why it's not talked about a lot. Mm -hmm. I really can understand like why it is so personal. And I think when it comes to sibling loss specifically, you're nervous what you're going to say, who you're going to offend because Mm -hmm. it like affects so many people and it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to talk about. Yeah. So absolutely. So something that you had said, which I think is going to really speak to a lot of people is that people identify siblings in loss as like the forgotten grievers. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think it's, it's crazy because people who have not seen sibling loss are, you know, very, you should be grateful. Yeah. Really. <laughs> and because it is definitely like a terrible thing to go through. I mean, any losses. Mm-hmm. And I realized that there was like this term, honestly, mm-hmm. <laughs> which comes with sibling loss over however, you know, all this time I've been doing mm-hmm. it. And it really is, we are known as the forgotten griever mm-hmm. because I'm sure like a lot of people when they go through loss, you, I mean, it's, I've seen it from my own point of view. Yeah. People are always coming to me about mm-hmm. my brother's loss mm-hmm. and they ask me, how are your parents? Mm-hmm. How is his partner? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, people who have kids and everything they're asking mm-hmm. about kids and like all these other people. And I can't tell you how many people never asked about me, mm-hmm. even though they're asking about other people. Yeah. And there's this weird, like lack of 
care. I don't want to say care, but like almost like a lack of care. Acknowledgement. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. Towards the siblings. Like it's not as important, Mm -hmm. but really I think it's one of the most important for sure. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about your sibling, that's someone who you see as, you know, you're going to live your whole life with them. Mm -hmm. And you never think that they're going to be one of the people that passes, especially young. Right. And that's a very hard thing to come with because I think that in in a weird subconscious way, like you always know like your grandparents are going to pass yes. before you. You know mm-hmm. your parents are unfortunately going to pass before you. And it doesn't, I'm not saying that's not hard and not as important, right. but it's just, it's such a sudden thing and something you never think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just important to put it out there. Exactly. Yeah. And I think like, Every single loss is valid, but in this mm-hmm. podcast episode, we're going to be focusing on sibling loss yeah. and your perspective, your experience, your point of view, mm-hmm. and the support that you want to be for the other people out there who are experiencing this right now yeah. or may experience this in the future. Yeah, exactly. I think that my goal is to really, obviously, I can only talk about my personal experience and obviously everything is so different and everyone is so different. Every family is so different, but I do think that a lot of the things that I had gone through and what I felt, Mm -hmm. I think can be related to a lot of other people who have Mm -hmm. gone through sibling loss. So it's really why I wanted to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a, a really hard topic to talk about. So it's very heavy. It is. It's a very heavy topic for sure. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I mean, and I think one thing that I've learned with grief is that it's a pain that lives inside of you forever. Yeah. And you just like evolve into this stronger version of yourself that's able to like hold this grief inside of you. Mm -hmm. One thing that I came, I saw this quote and it really like, I came to this conclusion that it was like, oh my God, it was like the most impactful thing of my my spirit during the time that I was grieving was Mm -hmm. like, when you're hurting and you're grieving and you're emotional like that emotion is essentially attached to that person that you lost yeah so you almost want to stay in that emotional place because it makes you feel like you're still connected to that person yeah you definitely feel like that feeling of like I have to be sad yes I can't be happy Mm -hmm. because why would I be happy like I just lost someone who's so important to me Mm -hmm. and you would never think that it would happen in a million years how dare you smile Mm -hmm. how dare you like have any type of happiness Mm -hmm. and it is scary because you know you don't want to be judged by other people by anything because you want people to know that you care right and that's just like a scary thought to think like you know I'm about a year and a half Mm-hmm. after he passed now and I'm living a happy life mm-hmm. and it's scary for me to say that because I don't want people to think that I'm happier without him exactly and that's what's scary and it's mm-hmm. like of course I'm never going to be happier without him exactly I'm just moving forward yeah you never move on right you always move forward Mm -hmm. and unfortunately life does go on Mm -hmm. and you just have to learn your life around it Mm -hmm. and I know speaking for myself if my brother knew that I was crying every day Mm -hmm. he would be haunting me He would literally be so upset. It was just the person he was. And I I admire that in you. Like you've mentioned that to me many times in our conversations. Like 
you after you like went through like a few months of like heavy like emotional grieving and like feeling and processing and everything you came to this like place of peace where Mm -hmm. you were like I'm at peace living a happy life because I know that my brother wants me to live a happy life for sure and you felt good in that like you weren't forcing yourself to be happy you weren't forcing yourself to like do the things like you genuinely wanted to do this Mm -hmm. in like a remembrance yeah in honor of him for Mm -hmm. sure like I think that I always think about like what is the biggest gift that I can give him Mm -hmm. now you know and I think that the only thing that I can truly give him now is living my life, mm-hmm. how he would want me to live it mm-hmm. and being happy. And I think that just knowing who he was and who he was to me mm-hmm. and who he was to like this world, right. I think the only thing that I can do is like live my life the happiest that I can mm-hmm. until I see him again, mm-hmm. you know? And I do like live my life now, like in honor of him, I have changed so much about my life mm-hmm. in every aspect. And yeah, it gives you a different perspective on life. Mm-hmm. It really it real, does. Oh my God, it really does. And I want to circle back around to this yeah. conversation when we get into how you chose to cope. Yeah. You know, what, sure. you, what you did to cope through this big loss in your life. But I want to start a, more from the beginning. Yeah. And I want you to share as much as you feel comfortable and safe to share yeah, around who your brother is, mm-hmm. you know, and what happened around your loss mm-hmm. not his like how he passed you know yeah. just around your loss like what you what you want to share around it yeah um you know obviously we've mentioned he 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 it's your brother my brother yeah you know all of that so let's start from the beginning and yeah. you know and and I also Open think it's important yeah and yeah. I think it's also important too to share like he was the oldest and of then course. yeah you were the second and I yeah. know like you've said like you felt this pressure to like step up now that you feel like you're the oldest you mm-hmm. know so yeah we'll dive right in from the beginning yeah. from the beginning I would say so I'm, I unfortunately lost my brother in March 2022 mm-hmm. um I won't go into obviously how he passed it's very personal mm-hmm. and it's not something my family is willing to put out there right um, but it was, I do want to say it was a very sudden yeah. loss. It wasn't something that we knew was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very sudden. It was very shocking. Mm-hmm. It definitely came out of left field. You would never think in a million years. Yeah. But, um, he passed March 26, 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very hard to talk about. I will probably tear up and maybe cry and that's okay. <laughs> because it just brings up pain. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think for me, the way that I found out the news was a phone call. Mm -hmm. And it's so true when people say that, like, you never think that call is coming. Right. I mean, I would have bet my life that I would never get that call Mm -hmm. ever, especially in the instance that I was in. We were um, down in South Carolina um, with, I was actually with my myself, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I was with my sister, Mm -hmm. my stepsister, and um his fiance so um to speak to that a little bit we were away and we were a couple states away when I got that phone call which mm-hmm. honestly tore me apart yeah, ter- terrible just because in that aspect of location I live about 15 minutes away from the mm-hmm. hospital he was at 
So I was the closest person to the hospital or I would have been that day. And that was very, it was definitely something very difficult for me to overcome that. Like if I wasn't away, I would have been the first one there. And that was very difficult for me to come to terms with. Like it's always something like horror, like it was universe really like, I know. And like, obviously figuring out the travel to get home and all of that is a whole other situation, but Um, getting that phone call, I would say that I went into shock. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever experienced shock in my life (laughs) before Mm -hmm. that. I think I might have thought I have, Mm -hmm. but it's a phone call I'll never forget. I remember almost everything of what was said to me and getting it where I was, what happened, how I reacted. It was definitely a shock Mm -hmm. and I was also unfortunately put in the position that I had to tell mm-hmm. my sister, my stepsister and his fiance, uh, which was, I mean, I had a couple minutes mm-hmm. to figure it out while I'm still trying to process it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was very difficult for me because you yeah. don't have time to think mm-hmm. you don't, you just kind of do. I definitely think that when I think back to it, I was the best person to get that call and to deliver the news who I am in my family Mm -hmm. and in that position so I take that Mm -hmm. with what it is but that was very very difficult for me because I just I couldn't process I wasn't allowed right and I I was gonna say too like you've always been put on this pedestal as the strong one exactly that every you're there for everybody else and like Mm -hmm. who's there for you yeah and I think that was like that initial phone call that's where my mind went initially I was like who do I go to for support Mm -hmm. and personally I didn't think that I could go to my family for support Mm -hmm. because they were also dealing with all of this and they were grieving and like figuring out what the heck was going on Mm -hmm. and the first person I'll never forget and this will probably make me cry Mm -hmm. the first person I called was my Mm (laughs) brother-in-law it's gonna make me cry And he just holds like such a special place in my heart Mm -hmm. for like being there for me Mm -hmm. during that like moment. And um, yeah, I just, he was the first person I thought of because I have such a good relationship with him, like just me and him alone. Yeah. And I mean, I also wanted to give him a little bit of a warning in a sense, because I knew my sister was about to find out and she, I knew she was going to call him and he wasn't with us. He was in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So I knew that he was also going to be like our line of communication Mm -hmm. in New Jersey. So it was definitely difficult, but yeah, I'm so happy that I have that person and I had that person at that moment and it was definitely super hard, but there's so much that goes into like him and that moment yeah. that like touches my heart. Like Absolutely. I can't even understand yeah. him just dropping everything and going to the hospital and like showing up for me and my sister exactly. and everyone who couldn't be there. Right. So that was very difficult. Um, I think that I didn't really process what was actually happening until a few hours later Mm -hmm. I didn't really cry a lot Mm -hmm. because I was so focused on okay we we were at a restaurant 
when I found out. Mm -hmm. So I was like, we need to get back to the hotel. We need to figure out how we get on a flight. Like, mm -hmm. what do we have to do? I'll freaking buy a private jet right now. <laughs> like I will literally do anything. Yeah. And I mean, you just think of any possible way, like mm -hmm. driving, whatever we had to do. And, um, I don't think it really hit me until a few hours later. Um, we, my dad had a house at the time near where we were staying mm -hmm. and he came and picked us up and it didn't hit me until I was standing in that kitchen mm -hmm. and my mom was on the phone and I was like, well, I have to see him. Mm -hmm. I have to see him. I have to see him like now I need to get there. Like that was like my big hang up at that moment. I was mm -hmm. like, I have to see him. I can't not see my brother again. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it hit me when my mom said when we knew we couldn't get there until the next day, mm -hmm. there were no flights going. By the time we would have gotten the car, it would be the same time as if we got into a, on a flight. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of realized like I'm not going to be able to get there until the next morning because mm -hmm. this happened at night. Mm -hmm. And when my mom went to the doctors and said, you know, we were like begging, like, please let us see him tomorrow. Mm -hmm. We were asking for like every favor in the book. Mm -hmm. And when she came back on the phone and said, you know, you're not going to be able to see him. I lost it. Mm -hmm. I lost it. It's like, it's what broke me. Yeah. I just remember I was like in the kitchen and I fell mm -hmm. and I like blacked out. Like yeah. I, I actually don't remember being able to see anything I just remember like literally seeing black mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's because my eyes were closed or what was happening but I just remember I couldn't see anything I just sank to the ground mm -hmm. and I just remember feeling someone rubbing my arm mm -hmm. I don't know who it was I was told actually that it was my stepsister mm -hmm. like months later yeah just trying to comfort me but that initial shock and that then that initial sadness is so overwhelming oh my god yeah it's so overwhelming it's so scary and luckily I was with my family mm -hmm. and I was with you know people that were kind of going through the same thing with me I was yes. with like just a random group of people or something yeah but it was definitely the hardest night I've ever had in my oh life my god, probably yeah. maybe hopefully never will deal with anything like that again but a really difficult, difficult night. And I mean, the travel to get home was a nightmare. I was crying the whole time on the flight. I was between two men oh, <laughs> and they were like, they were actually great about it. Oh, good. They were like comforting me on their flight. Sometimes strangers are like literally got a godsend. I know. Like, like obviously it was a last second flight. So we all couldn't mm -hmm. sit together. We were all scattered right. on the plane. And I was in the middle between these two guys. They were commuting to work on a flight it was a very early flight yeah. and um yeah I mean it's, it's great to see like what people do when they see you in this distraught right. like stranger right like you know decent human beings who have empathy yeah because I actually went to we were on, we had to get a connecting flight so mm -hmm. I was trying to get the flight attendants um you know attention mm -hmm. and I couldn't get it because I was in the middle seat yeah. and I wanted to ask, you know, if she could ask the uh, the pilot if we could get off first because we had to make this connected flight and we only had so much time because mm -hmm. if we missed that flight, we would have to wait like five hours. Mm -hmm. And the man sitting next to me was like, I'll help you. No problem. I'll get her for you. Mm -hmm. Like he was just so great and so nice. And I mean, it was like 5 a.m. on like a mm -hmm. Sunday morning and 
yeah it's nice to see that mm -hmm. when you think back like right. how people actually helped mm -hmm. and and you definitely get people who don't help uh, trust me oh my god uh, just on that flight alone the pilot made an announcement that you know there's a family that needs to get off first mm -hmm. for because of an emergency which we were so grateful that the he was even willing to do that right and then of course people just get up and try to block the hallway yeah, they don't care oh my God. it was terrible that is horrendous yeah I mean my sister definitely put them in their place <laughs> <laughs> the second she saw it happening but um it's 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 you know it comes with good and it comes with bad mm -hmm. and you know you never know how people are going to react and you know let's just put it out there if you were listening to this watching this whatever <laughs> you're doing have compassion and empathy for yeah. other people be a good human being because you never know when something like that is going to yeah. happen to you and you, you need know. someone else to like give you that care and attention mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly you just never know what people are going through mm -hmm. and even if you see someone crying in an airport like I was right. I mean I can't tell you how many people were staring at our entire family like what's going on but the people that actually like see that you're having a hard time with mm -hmm. whatever's going on because obviously they don't know and they're willing to help or just lend a little comfort in yeah. some way it really does go so far in those yeah. moments it really does yeah yeah so then I I think um obviously there's so much more to that night and everything but yeah. once we got home was when kind of reality sets in mm -hmm. um we got off the flight, went straight to the hospital, begged and begged and begged to see him. But obviously it was, oh God, it had to be at least 12 hours after he passed, mm -hmm. at least. So they obviously explained to us that we weren't able to see him. Mm -hmm. That was something that was very difficult for me to not see my brother, like who he is mm -hmm. one last time. Like, mm -hmm. even though he had passed, I was like, I need to see him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I knew the next time that I would see him would be at the wake. Mm -hmm. And that was very difficult for me to come to terms with mm -hmm. personally. Um, but yeah. And then that whole week until, cause we didn't have his funeral for like six days after he passed. Um, just arranging the arrangements mm -hmm. was so hard. I mean, I broke down mm -hmm. in the parking lot of the funeral home because mm -hmm. it hits you. Yeah. It hits you like every step of the way. Yeah. It's just like, I'll never forget that moment. Like I was driving to the funeral home, following my sister and her husband in, in my car mm -hmm. and I was alone. I think that's also something mm -hmm. that's really difficult is I don't, I didn't have a partner at the time. I live alone. I don't have someone like with me, you know, I don't have that like person for me right. at that time. And um, I'll never forget that parking lot. As soon as I parked, I broke mm -hmm. and, you know, my sister and then went inside. They didn't even realize that I was mm -hmm. like in my car. They thought I was already inside. And my, my brother-in-law again, just showing up being like the good guy he is. He came out to my car when he realized I wasn't inside. I was hysterical and he was just there. And then my dad followed him out, I guess. And he, my dad was the one like literally lifting me out of the car. Mm -hmm. He was like, we have to do this. Like we have, you want to yeah. be there. And I was like, yeah, I definitely want to be there. I just like, can't get there. Right. Like I can't get my feet to move. Right. And I was literally being carried because mm -hmm. I collapsed in the parking lot. Yeah. It was just too hard for me Ugh. 
to come to terms with like this is what we're doing right now like we're planning a wake and a funeral and yeah when I got into the funeral home I fell to the floor and my mom like ran over to me and was like comforting me and I was like this isn't real like there's no way that this is happening like it's awful but but it's also so important yeah it's not anything I would have ever wanted to miss right because luckily we're we were so involved it wasn't just like one person took the arrangements and did it all and made all the decisions like when I tell you there was like 15 people at that funeral home like Mm -hmm. picking out you know the casket Mm -hmm. and everything for him yeah we were all there so it was it was really nice to see my family come together in that moment because Mm -hmm. I do come from a family of divorce and a very tragic traumatic traumatic divorce um so to see my parents come together Mm -hmm. in 30 years it was very special Mm -hmm. honestly to see them and in a moment I thought wow my parents are like actually gonna get along like maybe something Mm -hmm. that could be positive to come out of this Mm -hmm. is my parents are going to like have a good relationship after Mm -hmm. 25 30 years of being divorced Mm -hmm. and maybe this will like bring our family together a little bit Mm -hmm. and yeah because that separation is just unlike anything like and I that's something that you and I have bonded over our Mm -hmm. entire friendship is like that nobody understands how horrible it feels to feel alone in your family unit or not actually not even have a family unit essentially and like Mm -hmm. you know it's it's so hard so in that moment that was important to you it was it was super it was a moment that I'll never forget like seeing my parents hug Mm -hmm. after like losing their son like it just kills me so sad but I mean I haven't seen my parents hug ever yeah even when I was a kid, like as far as I can remember my memory before they got divorced, I've never seen them hug. Yeah. So it was such a special moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you hope for that. Yeah. You hope for like that family unit. Mm-hmm. But speaking to that, that's not always how it ends up. I think yeah, that yeah. like your family dynamic shifts so much when it comes to a loss. And I had this hope. And I saw this glimmer of like, wow, my family might come together and maybe that's something positive. And unfortunately, that's not the case. It mm-hmm. actually probably separated, it did, it separated my family much more mm-hmm. from each other. Yeah. And that's, it was almost like a double, a double, <laughs> it was almost like a double like PTSD yes. of going through the divorce. Oh my God, another loss. Yeah. And, and it was like, it was almost like I was experiencing my parents divorce all over again yeah you know they came together for a moment and then it was all kind of back to where it was and almost kind of worse so I think the speaking to that family dynamic Mm -hmm. it's it can change in so many ways and everyone's family is different obviously it you could be more united you could break apart more it really just depends on your family and each individual person Mm -hmm. and how they are dealing with their grief Mm -hmm. and how you know that works out and that dynamic but that is something that is really hard too, is like mm-hmm. you not only for me personally lose, you know, my brother, I lost a lot of people, mm-hmm. even my family mm-hmm. and friends. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many people that I 
either cut out myself Mm -hmm. and created boundaries with because it's what I needed to do. Yeah. Um, or, you know, you just see like who shows up for you. Yeah. And you, you would think that everyone in your family shows up for you, Mm -hmm. but they don't. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's hard because I, like I, we said before, Mm -hmm. I've always been the strong one in my family and I've always been the person to show up. So I think for me, that was a huge part of my healing in this was totally setting new boundaries with each individual person in my life, whether it was family, friends, you know, acquaintances, um, just changing my boundaries with everyone and not thinking about how are they going to feel? I really thought about how do I feel? Yeah. And how did they show up for me? Yeah. And is it worth it to have this person in my life? Or Mm -hmm. maybe I need to shift how they are in my life. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that's like a huge part of loss as well is like, it changes you so much as a person in every possible way that you change everything Mm -hmm. in your life. You look at life just differently. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just like a difficult thing to go through, but in a weird way, there's a lot of positives that come out of it. And I hate to even say that because it sounds weird, you know, it does. And like, that's something that I I, hate that. I know I do too. That's something that I really, really struggled with when I was like in the thick of healing through the loss where Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not going to justify like, okay. So for instance, like my career, I poured my pain into my career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And over the last few years, as my career has like blossomed and I've blossomed, mm-hmm. like grief cracked me open, like, yeah. and you as well, like yeah. where I felt like I was actually like forced to heal parts of myself. I've ignored Mm-hmm. felt things that I've ignored mm-hmm. or pushed myself to the next level of like Katie pick yourself up and move forward to the best of your ability yeah you feel like giving up like I questioned my own life at one point where I was Me like too. yeah like yeah. I was like I don't even understand how I can move on with this horrible pain inside of me of but like I channeled that into my career Mm-hmm. and it helped me a lot yeah. and a lot of people liked to just which I know it came out of a positive place mm-hmm. but it like didn't feel positive for me because they were yeah. saying like look at like how much your life has like evolved since that. I know and I'm like don't say that to me yeah it's, it's also true but like don't say, say it. It. right it's how you say it to people it's like I don't want that loss to be justified and then right. it makes you screwed right. up in your head because I'm like wait like, I don't feel that. I don't feel that. Yeah. Don't think I feel that. Like, because yeah. like, if I could go back in time and if you could go back in time and not lose that person and it. sacrifice who you are now, a hundred percent, you could do it. Asked. But it's like, so the, what I, how I worked through that particular aspect of grief mm-hmm. is just knowing that I made something out of the worst thing that ever happened to me true so exactly it's like that was the positive perspective that I needed to have yeah but like what yeah so many people were triggering me so much throughout mm-hmm. that time and I've talked about this on the podcast before and even when I was asked to speak on other people's podcasts this is something I always talk about in regards to like grief or loss or healing yeah is language like the things yes. that you say to people are so important like I it's I know that I am a very spiritual person Mm -hmm. and I do 
connect things to a higher power or the universe Mm -hmm. but I will never say like everything happens for a reason oh my god I was literally gonna say that when you were done yeah because that's what I used to always say before this loss and I'm like this didn't happen for a reason exactly like there's no reason why this fucking happened exactly yeah everything happens for a reason I hear people say it now and I'm like you, you've never been through grief right that's just like my initial thought maybe exactly. they have yeah. but I'm like you you haven't seen that side mm-hmm. and it's it's sad because yeah like even your thing that like I used to say that all the time everything happens for a reason it's mm-hmm. gonna work out like you know right. whatever like you're gonna move forward you're gonna move on you're gonna figure it out and then you kind of realize like actually everything doesn't happen for a reason mm-hmm. some things just happen Right. And they suck. Yes. And it's awful. Yeah. And it's just something that you are still here and you have to figure it out. Right. Unless you want to be miserable for right. the rest of your life. And I will say, I have seen many people go through grief. And I mean, even people in my family that are still dealing with it, like it was day one. And I feel for them. Yeah. I, I, I hate that for them. And it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But everyone is at a different pace and you can only hope that like, maybe they'll get there one day Mm -hmm. and maybe they won't though. Some people do. Yeah. They can't do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, and I think speaking to overcoming this great loss, Mm -hmm. your, your brother. Yeah. What helped you to get through this loss? Yeah. Um, I think for me, the first two months were really difficult Mm -hmm. I feel like it was time that I needed to just feel how I was feeling um I didn't work for about three weeks Mm -hmm. I think after he passed um luckily I was able to do that a lot of people don't have that opportunity um yeah I didn't work I just I didn't do anything I just sat in my bed and cried for a very 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 long time Mm -hmm. and um for about two months I kind of just lived life very numb yeah and I I really did at that time kind of live life almost for everyone else I kind of just was like okay I need to just like show up for everybody else Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna put all of my effort into everybody else be there for everybody else like I always have my Mm -hmm. whole life and then um in about June after he passed about three months after he passed Mm -hmm. I just hit a point where it was like it was like I was distracting myself so much that it just kind of all came to the surface and I think I also got through things that I needed to get through that I didn't have to be strong for anymore yeah you know like there were like things that happened in my life that I was like okay I don't need to be strong for this anymore I can actually really feel how I feel Mm -hmm. and honestly what worked for me and what I knew would work for me which was not an easy thing to do or decide was I cut everyone out of my life. Yeah. I literally sent group chats to my family, to Mm -hmm. everyone that I knew. And I was like, I'm going MIA. If it's an emergency, please let me know. Mm -hmm. But if I don't answer you, if you reach out to me, you know, for something else, I probably won't respond. I need to take this time for myself. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not okay. Yeah. And I really got to that point because I haven't talked about it with many people, Mm -hmm. but I will, I feel fine saying it now. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but Mm -hmm. I was definitely questioning my life Mm -hmm. and that's how I knew I needed to do something. I got to such a bad place Mm -hmm. that I was like really questioning, like, what's the point? Right. What's the point of being here? Yeah. Like I'm miserable. 
who really shows up for me? Mm-hmm. Like, is anyone really even going to care? Like after Timmy's yes. loss, you know right, what I mean? Like right. think about all these things. And I cut everyone out. I just focused on myself. The only thing I did was work. Mm-hmm. And then I put myself, I was already in therapy. I've been in therapy for a very long time. Yes. But I put myself into a pretty heavy, heavy, like grief counseling mm-hmm. with my therapist. I went twice a week. Mm-hmm. I did it for about a month and a half to two months. Mm-hmm. And it was the best thing I ever did for myself. Mm-hmm. It really was. I just, to be someone who's always been there for other people, yes, to really show up for just myself mm-hmm. and not care about anybody else mm-hmm. changed my whole perspective, changed my life change how I live my life now. And it really was the best thing for me to do when I came out of that knowing mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. I mean, I talked about obviously every emotion I ever had mm-hmm. through that loss, but I also talked about every individual relationship I've ever had with any person yeah. and evaluated, is this, is it worth it? Right. Is it good for me? Right. And yeah, I cut a lot of people out mm-hmm. and I'm very happy about it. Like, yeah. I hate to say that, but like I, there were just people in my life that I realized they were just there because it was making other people happy. Yeah. And I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Life is short. Yes. Like you, you see things so differently and yeah, it was really, really, really hard. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you were there for me through all of that. Mm-hmm. And it was a challenge because obviously when I made that news to so many people, you get a lot of different reactions. Right. A lot of people are like, I can't believe you would do this. You're not going to support your family, even though I've supported them for two months, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get people who literally don't respond. Didn't say a word to me. Didn't say anything. And then other people who called me right away and said, mm-hmm. I can't believe it. Like, are you okay? Like, if this is okay, if this is your last call to me for a while, I just mm-hmm. want to make sure you're good. Yeah. And there were very few mm-hmm. of that, mm-hmm. but yeah, you just, you really, you just have to go through it. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. And I think what I've seen with grief and luckily I knew that enough about my, my process through therapy at all in my entire yeah. life was that I needed to go through it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't go around it. I couldn't yeah. avoid it. No. It was something that if I knew I wanted to get to the other side of something and be happier and be more positive mm-hmm. and live my life the way that I know my brother would want me to do, mm-hmm. I knew I had to do it. And yeah. that was really hard. I think that's like one of the hardest things with grief too is that you it choice is taken away from you. Yeah. Like you have you have to face this pain you have to feel this pain Mm -hmm. you have to accept life without this person yeah like you have no other choice and Mm -hmm. like I think even me sometimes going through my grieving process I was like are you freaking kidding me I know really I have to do this like yeah and I actually had a client who just recently lost her mother and she said that to me and I was like I understand what you're feeling right now yeah she was just like this is what I have to go through right now in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, and it just feels unfair. It does. It feels really unfair. And it's like, why? Why him? Why me? Yes. Why our family? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, 
And it's something you'll never know. Yeah. Like, I think that's the thing. Like, I think so many people in so many different situations in life always want closure. Yeah. And it's like, closure isn't real. No. I'm sorry, but no. I just never. Me personally, I don't think closure is real. Like, no. it's just something that you have to deal with with yourself mm-hmm. and only you and yourself can move on from something yes. or move forward. Let's not yes. say move on. I know, right? Move, Trigger. Yeah. <laughs> move forward from something. Yeah. But yeah it's it's not an easy thing to do it's also not easy to get there to know to do it yeah I think luckily because I had been through therapy so much in my life I knew what was best for me yeah and what I needed to do and what works for me but a lot of people don't know and like that's why it's really hard and I just urge everyone to kind of try it yeah try therapy try meditating try doing anything that you Mm -hmm. think might work for you if it doesn't work it doesn't work but Mm -hmm. at least you tried yeah and I think that eventually if you try enough things you're gonna find what's gonna work for you yeah and it will help not only in grief it'll help through everything every hard situation right right you like you said you discover a whole new sense of self Mm -hmm. yeah you discover definitely a whole new sense of self like I can't even describe the person I was before. I will say like before my brother passed, I didn't know grief like this, Mm -hmm. like whatsoever. I never lost someone close to me that Mm -hmm. would affect me the way that it has. And I didn't show up for people the way that I should have showed up for. Even when you went through your grief, Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to, Yeah, you know? And that was, it's hard. It's definitely Mm -hmm. hard for people to know how to show up for you yeah and I will say for anyone who's like listening or watching if you don't know what to do mm-hmm. just show up yeah just show exactly. up exactly you don't have to do anything you don't have to say anything right you literally just have to be there and listen and don't be That's the it. fixer like everyone yeah you know steps up in crisis like I need to fix this person how mm-hmm. they're feeling and like make sure they're okay but like it's not it's not a broken leg. It's yeah. like literally like a whole different, I can't even describe yeah. it. It's like a horrible thing. And it's thing, something but. that like you shouldn't be giving advice on. Mm-hmm. Even if you've been through it. In yeah. that moment, right. like don't be giving advice to people unless right. they're asking. Right. Then go ahead. Exactly. Really just showing just up. Being like a presence. Exactly. A safe, supportive, loving presence. Like I'll never forget the certain people um, who when I was really deep, mm-hmm. really dark into it. And the people who literally just showed up and just sat there with me, mm-hmm. they didn't say a word unless mm-hmm. I said a word. <laughs> like they literally would just sit in silence and like, let me just have their companionship and like yes. their closeness to me. That's really what I needed. Mm-hmm. And I never knew that's like what people needed mm-hmm. because that was really what I needed and when I wanted to talk about it I would talk about it exactly but having people just show up and just be there and it doesn't matter if they're talking or not talking like even just living in the silence with me it was great yeah it was the best support I could have ever got and I I, like I know even for me it's like I was I remember just talking in circles and I I felt like I needed people who didn't make me feel guilty about mm-hmm. processing the same things over and over again, yeah. or like talking about the same things over and over again. Like, yeah. no one would like, oh, I can't believe she's talking about this again. Like, no, yeah. like I need to like, for years, like, you know, it's just like, you kind of like mm-hmm. need that time and space. But like, to your point, like that, no, that non-judgmental. Yeah energy that's what you need for Mm -hmm. sure you need this yeah you just need people to not judge you and just be there for you 
So, I mean, I, number one, I want to thank you so much for your vulnerability. You know, yeah. it's not an easy thing to talk about it's and especially right. put yourself out there knowing that like when I hit publish, it's like right. listening and seeing and everything like, and mm-hmm. your courage and vulnerability means a lot to me first and foremost, but also like everybody else who's going to benefit from your words mm-hmm. and your healing that you've done. This is something that I'm so um, passionate about is that like, when somebody does the work on their healing journey Mm -hmm. it changes the world like you may you may think that like you're just changing your your world but you're not you're changing Mm -hmm. the world because your healed healing yeah we're never really fully healed you know we're always evolving healing learning growing but like this version of you that chose to go to therapy twice a week Mm -hmm. that chose to shift her perspective and like feel her feelings and set boundaries and change the course generationally in her family like yeah this version of you that chose all of that Mm -hmm. is that energy is being put out into the world through this medium yep of technology and people are going to receive that yeah you know it's like not even just it's not even just like your future children or mm-hmm. it's like it's just like this momentum of energy that just keeps going mm-hmm. like you could have not done any of that no but like you did yeah and now the world is going to receive that mm-hmm. and that's so impactful and I know that's like kind of going full circle to where we started that was the whole purpose of this podcast there's so much importance to the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think that hearing someone's voice mm-hmm. or seeing someone on a video talking to you about something that you might have gone through or you know someone who is going through, mm-hmm. it just gives you a different perspective and you can really connect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important. And obviously, like my healing process, and there was much more to my healing process. That was just the exactly. beginning, initial, big part of it. Right. Um, there's so much more to it but it's so important to just even touch on these Mm -hmm. little things that other people can connect to and then yeah you know I I would be more than willing to like talk to anyone Mm -hmm. who needs advice or just wants to talk about I love that you know anyone who wants to reach out to me Mm -hmm. I'm totally open to it if anyone knows me I'm an open book yeah I could talk for days (laughs) what is like your email would yeah. be the best email for anyone to reach out to you um so I'll give you my my one email um it's my first name so it's samantha.l.tiger at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram um it's just samantha tiger with two r's at the end I will say the biggest part of my healing now mm-hmm. is talking about my brother and his stories yeah positive, and, in a positive yeah part. just talking about like him and mm-hmm. who he was to me keep him alive yeah so like talk to me about their stories talk mm-hmm. to me about how great they were and how you yeah. miss them and talk to me about mm-hmm. the hard times talk to me about advice like I come to me with anything I'm definitely an open book I really want to show up for people mm-hmm. as much as they want me to mm-hmm. um and there's so much more there's so 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 much more to this mm-hmm. I mean if you had to give three uh pieces of advice for Mm -hmm. sibling loss specifically Mm -hmm. or three things you know that you can validate around sibling loss Mm -hmm. for anybody who is listening for that specifically 
find an outlet that makes you feel good, that makes you feel positive. Like personally for me, it wasn't actually something I was like looking for. Mm -hmm. It was actually something I just did and I really fell into it. Mm -hmm. I have really started working out, do whatever you need to do and find your outlet. Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge thing for yourself. Um, Let's see here. (laughs) I know, right? Um, Go, I will say, go through it. Mm -hmm. Go through it. And you're going to experience, we didn't talk too much really about this in the podcast, but especially in that first month, you're going to experience everything, Mm -hmm. every type of emotion, every type of loneliness. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the paranoia I had. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I was so paranoid that I was going to be... The PTSD was like, yeah. Yeah, like, I... You also, as a sibling, I will say what comes with that is you feel um, this responsibility to stay alive. Yeah. It's really weird, but you feel this weird responsibility to stay alive for your family mm-hmm. and you're terrified and I'm and if you can't stay alive you think about what can I do to prepare mm-hmm. because obviously going through those first few days after he passed you go through all of their belongings you go through all of their stuff and obviously he was 33 yeah. he was not prepared obviously mm-hmm. like who really thinks about that when you're 33 right. and um I can't tell you how much life insurance I have now <laughs> The amount of life insurance, mm-hmm. um, just writing down your passwords. Like, I mean, I would wake up at 5 a.m. with intense paranoia. Yeah. So I will say, like, just go through it mm-hmm. and do whatever you need to do for yourself. Um, you will feel all of these crazy, crazy emotions. Mm-hmm. You'll be paranoid, anxious, depressed, yeah. sad, happy, guilty, yeah. angry. Like, you go through everything. Mm-hmm. It's it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um. I will say find your circle. Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. Like I have just a handful. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even say a handful, maybe three people that I really will know everything Mm -hmm. about everything Mm -hmm. that I'm comfortable with. And then also who I know I can go to at any time Mm -hmm. and they will be there for me. I think finding your people and who will really show up for you at any time that you need it. That's Mm -hmm super super important mm-hmm. um I want to see if there's anything else um also just like your perspective shift mm-hmm. I think that um like everything will change and it's scary yeah and I mean I can't tell you that like the sky looks different to me now like everything changes mm-hmm. everything looks different to you your perspective will change on everything. I mean, everything, money, family, relationships, dating, like literally everything changes. Yeah. You just, but I think it changes for a positive because you realize how you're more mindful. Yeah. Yeah. You realize like live your life, Mm -hmm. you know, like I feel in a weird way through this journey, I really realized I wasn't really living my life. Mm -hmm. I was kind of just doing whatever I was comfortable with. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm just a homebody. So I was like, I'm going to stay home and like stay and watch movies and like be comfortable. And I'm I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I just didn't feel like I was living life. Yeah. And 
my brother was such a person who lived life like he would do whatever the hell he wanted to do I mean he would take a month off of work and go hunting because he just felt like it yeah and it's it's so inspiring to me Mm -hmm. to know that about him and it also just pushes me to live my life more Mm -hmm. and I think that's something I've really came into over the last few months Mm -hmm. I think I really met more people yeah I I'm saying yes to like more things and like getting myself out of my comfort zone and I feel really good about it. Yeah, I mean I'm really proud of you. Like you leave you live somewhere where you didn't really know anybody. Yeah. And you were like, yep. I'm gonna go on Facebook and join a group and find a friend and you yep. did. And like you approached your neighbor that you always saw and you're I like, know. I'm how are you like you seem cool like let's be friends and now you guys are building this great friendship and like you're going out like you're you know doing all the things and that is so inspiring like I think your courage is building and because you had the courage to actually face something that was so painful yeah I think you just you go through this new appreciation for yourself Mm -hmm. and I think that's a huge part of it too like I have this immense appreciation for my body yeah I can't tell you how crazy I've never felt so good about my body. And I'm not like where, you know, the goals of where you want to be with like, you know, all the Mm -hmm. expectations of being like a woman and everything, but you have this appreciation of your body when you see how it really showed up for you in a time where like your body should have broke down. Yeah. Like I wasn't eating. I wasn't drinking. I was Mm -hmm. devastated. I was crying 24 seven. I don't know how I got through life, but like somehow my body literally showed up for me and it's insane that it did because it shouldn't have, there's no way that it should have. Yeah. And I have this crazy appreciation for my body now that I'm like, wow, it showed up for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't believe it. And yeah, it just changes. It just changes you Mm -hmm. seeing all these different things. And like, just being happy. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I have like a goals list on my fridge that Mm -hmm. I change like every once in a while and like one of the things is always live life be happy Mm -hmm. because yeah it's just something I'm like trying to work on Mm -hmm. and it's not easy like going up to strangers and being like hey you want to be my friend (laughs) but you did it so good yeah and like you meet one person and then you meet more people through that person and like I've connected with so many people and like I just feel so good with where I'm at, mm-hmm. but it's weird to say that. It's weird to say, I feel so good with where I'm at. I know. But at the end of the day, I think that my brother's really guiding me. Oh, definitely. I feel so connected to him mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. that I feel like he's guiding me towards people. I mean, yeah. I've even told someone, you know, that I recently like closely connected to, mm-hmm. um, how I was like, I think my brother like literally guided me to you. Yeah. And it was like such a nice like thing to share too, yeah. like, to tell someone that. And, um, but I do, I truly believe that. I Definitely. think that like everything that has happened to me, I think that he's looking out for me mm-hmm. and it's just so, it's a special connection. It's terrible that he can't physically be here with me, mm-hmm. but it's such a gift that I still feel like spiritually connected. I think that soul or you know exactly I think that's something that I will be forever grateful for is my spirituality because the second that I experienced my loss I just continued the relationship Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like our relationship was over but Mm -hmm. like that's something that a lot of people don't have like they don't understand that until one day they do like they do but like 
it's like it's a different relationship Mm, yeah but it's not it doesn't end it doesn't end exactly well I mean I think that this was such a beautiful and amazing impactful conversation so thank you so much for being brave and showing up and giving the world your words and and support thank you yeah I mean if I like I said if anyone who wants to reach out to me please please do don't hesitate Mm -hmm. I'm more than happy to talk to anyone about it 